0: I think chefs always have a cool story where they started how they started but what's really cool is finding out how dan Coudreau from lantern pizza started feeding those in need right in the chicago suburbs lots of twists and turns in this one but i think you're gonna love it i'm lisa allen and this is always eating So let's start back in the beginning. Back when you're like, I'm going to have a career
1: in food. Okay. So started when I, I, and I didn't know I was going to have a career in food. Uh, It just kind of happened? It just kind of, I fell into it. I was 14 years old in a local restaurant. My mom was like, you're watching watching too much TV. You got to get out. You got to do something, something," right? So I'm 14 (laughs) years old and uh, a dishwasher position comes open at a local restaurant called The Home Plate back in Austin, New York, where I grew up. And oh, you're uh, not
0: from here, no man, welcome, thank you. All right, I'm here
1: since 2004. Oh, in, that counts, in yeah, that counts. So, I'm a uh, New York, New York City, Dallas, uh, and now Chicago.
0: Oh, wow, yeah, you know what? This is why I'm not surprised that you're a pizza guy because like now you know all about it,
1: but we'll get oh, there. Oh man, pizza all my life. <laughs> um, so all right, so I started as, as a 14 year old dishwasher, um, and then just l- fell in love with the energy of a restaurant. I got a lot of energy, um, a little. ADD kind of thing, and um, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I mean, to the point where the, the the chef at the restaurant was like, you know, he'd say, "Hey, go in the back and get me some French fries," and I would literally sprint, run through the dining room. He finally yeah. had to stop me and say, "Hey, you can't really run through the restaurant, right? Right." <laughs> Appreciate your urgency, but <laughs> but so I started as a dishwasher, fell in love with food, fell in love with the energy of of the kitchen. I had a, a, other passions, too. I had passion for theater and music and things like that. Okay. So I kind of was t- this dual path of food and creative, you know, theater and things like that. Um, and then so I was, you know fast forward i'm a little older now uh i go to school for business administration management i stay you know i, I go into a little bit of business sales for a bit hated it somebody's gotta pay the bills so I get gotta, but always i was working in restaurants so here i am throughout throughout the whole thing okay. so <laughs> the, the one the one you know route was i was always in a restaurant i was yeah. either cooking or i was bartending or i was waiting tables or something like that so even fast forward a little further, I'm um, a young adult. i um, working in restaurants. I say, all right, let me give this this theater career a shot. I'm in New York. I moved to New York City. My girlfriend and I move in together. It's not my wife. Um, oh, nice! That
0: worked out. Good it for worked you. out <laughs>
1: great. It worked out great. Two great kids.
0: Nice.
1: Um, so I'm I'm you know pursuing this acting thing, bartending, serving, catering. I mean, I mean all of my time is. And then I'm like, I, I don't really, I love to act. I love theater. I don't like the business of it. I don't like the kind of the auditioning and this and that. Yeah. And I felt like I was spooning money out to photographers and acting classes. And I'm not making any money at all. Right. So my wife at the time says, you know, why don't you just be a chef? You know, you love it. It's what you do, you know. So I said, okay, I'm at 28. This is actually before we get married. I take a position at a restaurant called Cator's Beast. It's a two-star French bistro in Manhattan. Okay. And, um, and this is actually before I went to the Culinary Institute of America. So I work at this restaurant for about, you know, I've already decided all right, I want to be serious about a chef, I stop all the bartending and the, and the serving and I get into the kitchen. And I love it. And then I, I'm there about a year and a half. And then I go to culinary school. So we actually get married about two weeks before we go to culinary school. So I'm a I'm a newlywed at school. She goes to school as well? She goes with me to school. Okay. She ha- gets a job as the food and beverage director at a local country club up there. Okay. So she's in the business too. Okay. Um, so we're there, and, and we're going through school. And I'm, I'm like, it was like the square peg in the square hole. I found the place. Nice. I'm like walking around and. Everybody's in white coats and everybody's talking about food, and it was just so inspiring. And um, so I went to school there, did well, and then when I graduated, it was we're we're like, well, we can go anywhere. We'll roll the dice. So Dallas, Texas, a restaurant in Dallas, uh, uh, Cafe Pacifics, beautiful. Seafood restaurant in Highland Park Village, kind of like the Beverly Hills of Dallas. Ooh, fancy. Okay. And uh, cut my teeth there for about a year and a half. I was their executive sous chef, so I was kind of, you know, working it out. Um, and then I went to the Four Seasons Hotel in uh, Las Colinas. Very
0: fancy. These are very fa- all very so fancy this is, places. Yeah, so
1: I go from the, the CIA, uh, Culinary Institute of America, to the white fine, da- fine dining. White yeah. tablecloth, you know, all scratch cooking and things like that, which is... Wonderful. Like amazing. hmm And then uh, so I go to the Four Seasons and I work my got some success there. I started as a garmage chef, which is essentially garmagé is cold food storage. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. It's a hard word to pronounce, it's a hard word to spell, but it's How do you um, say it again? Garmage. Wow. So if you go to a hotel and you see the beautiful salads on a on a buffet or you see pate or you see the amenities that you get when you, you come in and there's cheese in your room and things like that. That usually comes from the cold kitchen, the gommage kitchen.
0: Look, I don't know if I stay at hotels that are that fancy, but good to know. Well, I, I
1: worked at them. I don't really stay at them either. <laughs> um, but that was, so that was my job there. And What was great about that position in a hotel is every outlet in a hotel gets something from that kitchen. So the room True. service, the amenities, the you know, the Bev cart that does lunch, you know, sandwiches and things like that. So what I learned there was I learned how to be efficient, how to manage people, how to really kind of you know bust through the prep and not that sort of thing yeah um and then i was promoted to the fine dining chef of the cafe on the green worked there and that was you know wonderful you had wonderful culinarians that are trained you, you didn't really worry about food costs because you know you could charge 60 bucks a plate at, at the fine dining restaurant or right. the hotel right so it was just creativity was like i could think of an idea and have it on the menu that night Amazing. you know it's just that kind of that kind of flexibility and, and fun um freedom
0: to be like i just thought of something
1: and you can actually do it absolutely and i and i worked in an environment where the chef was like you know somewhat hands off you know yeah go for it we trust you to do it nice i was like awesome not everything worked you know sometimes you'd you'd come up with a, a lemon and you know so uh from there then i was had some success there and then i was promoted to their f- uh club operation so there's it was the four seasons resort and club and you had the byron nelson golf club so there i was responsible for them for restaurants the members lounge the dining restaurant for the business lunches and then rackets and there was a little cabana this is uh, where
0: all that kitchen those business ma- business management classes came into play yeah, they came in yeah and absolutely i you mean know? you
1: you've i i ta- i often tell a lot of people that I like to mentor young cooks and I say it's not what I can do at a stove it's what I can get you to do at a stove okay. through your skills yeah. through your hands through your eyes and so it's me training that person to do. No chef can do everything themselves yeah you know unless you're in a food truck you know or something yeah, like right. that right <laughs> yeah so that's that so that was Awesome, so now I'm learning more management and, and uh, you know, menu development and things like that. And then I go out and um, I do a, a, a volunteer um Cooking class with a, a master chef called Victor Jalise who's actually a good friend of mine uh, now, and he was writing a book. And he was like, he wanted to demonstrate the book at this hotel, this hospital, and can co- some people come and help me? We're going to do this cooking thing. So I helped him. So as I'm there, side by side, another dude who I've never met before, and, and uh, he's like, hey, you know, w- what do you do? And I was like, I work at the Four Seasons. He goes, w- w-. I was like, what do you do? He says, well, I work as an R and D chef for a chain restaurant, Benigan Steak and Ale, Padrino's, and Bonanza. It was the Metro Media Restaurant Groups at um, a portfolio. Of these different chain I remember Bonanza. You do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. It?
0: That's not around anymore. Still is around, it? is it?
1: Yeah, Ponderosa and Bonanza actually merged many, many years. When I took over, they mer- they had already merged, okay. so it was like two different brand names, but essentially the same menu. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he he got promoted up the ladder, so then his position became open, and he called me and said, "Hey, you want to give a shot at this R and D thing?" And at the time, it w- the timing was perfect because here I'm at the hotel. My wife's working at the hotel. She's a director of conference planning, and we know we want to want to have kids. We want to start the family. Yeah. So I pursued it. I said, "Yeah, let me let me think about this. Well, let me look at this." So I go an interview, and and they're giving me a hard time because they're like, "Well, you know, like, this is R and D. This is a little different. You got to work with food scientists. You got to work with supply chain." they are like, "Hey, you called me. You called, you called me." me. <laughs> <laughs> I and mean... I'm and I'm like, "I don't I don't know if I buy that." I said, "Food is food." Good food is good food, bad food is bad food. You know, I'm beside, so, you know, let's give me a shot. Yeah. You know, that sort of I thing. Got to ask for the order, you know? So I got that job, and, uh, and that was like early 2000s. And then I was there about four years, and you know, businesses changed, talked to kind of like we were talking about on the elevator coming up. When I first got there, I had an admin, I had a sous chef, I had this, somebody in training, and we had some major restructurings going on early 2000s yeah. And then it became the sous chef's gone, the admin's gone. So now I'm a one-man show.
0: We're all one-man bands now. We are. It just is what it is.
1: But I gotta tell you, it was probably blessing in disguise yeah. because I'm new from a hotel where you're you're you know, your volume of work at a hotel. Is that you're just you're moving. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of work, so you get to R and D. You're really thinking about the menu a year from now, maybe. So some of the decisions you're making, there's not so much urgency. Yeah, yeah in creating pressure, the food. Do you think a different kind of pressure? Okay, yeah, it's a different kind of pressure. So. Um, so I do this this thing in 2000. So now I'm writing recipes. I'm costing recipes. I'm I'm challenging myself to learn how to train these recipes. How do I write this recipe? Because I'm not gonna. I get a 19 year old or 20 year old in in you know Pennsylvania to produce. So, so I had to really and work with the training people to fine tune my description of procedures and processes and
0: That seems like a lot. Is that hard to go from like I'm in the kitchen I'm creating to now you're like I'm writing it down so you can create it.
1: It is if you get if you get in your head and you think well you're you're stifling my creativity and it says no, we're directing your creativity. Okay. We're guiding your creativity. And really it really just comes down to chefs like to do it, pinch here a little that's fine. Do that, but do it with a gram scale next to you. So I get a call in 2004 from a recruiter for uh, uh, for McDonald's Corporation and Okay they ask, uh, you know, they're saying, would you like to have a, you know, interview for this job? And, and in my mind, I'm thinking food. Well, wait a minute, I went for the Four Seasons, Ooh, fancy food, Yeah. Ponderosa and Bonanza family budget steakhouse, a little bit different. I'm thinking in my mind, I really need to get to like a fancier restaurant, you know, like a chain restaurant, but like Houston's or the Hillstone Group yeah, or something yeah. like that or Cheesecake Factory. Uh, so I'm thinking, you know, I got to get there, but I never really thought about QSR. It What's took me QSR. QSR, quick service restaurants. So McDonald's fast food is kind of translated to QSR, quick service restaurant. So, okay. QSR, okay. Service okay. Restaurant. Okay. Um, so then McDonald's calls and it probably took me about 30 seconds to connect the dots to say wait a minute if uh, you know as, as a chef you want to you want to impact people's lives through food at least, sure. in the least I do yeah um, and you want to hopefully have a positive impact on people's lives with food so when I was like wait a minute McDonald's I grew up with McDonald's everybody eats McDonald's McDonald's at the time was this early 2000's
0: I've always p- been loyal to that number two meal oh <laughs> yeah number one for me thing. it was yeah. like
1: that well the, now the fresh beef a uh, quarter pounder is pretty awesome, but um, <laughs> so I, you know, I connected the dots there, and and I, I said, you know, if you really want to have an impact, McDonald's is a great place to do it. So, 2004 to 2017, I was leading that team. I was the vice president of culinary innovation.
0: I have a very serious question about McDonald's. Okay. I don't know if this is allowed. Good. If and when I don't work there anymore. Why? Are <laughs> <laughs> Why is that barbecue sauce not, like, on the shelves in a grocery store?
1: Wh- ah, why? The barbecue in particular or the Big just, Mac sauce? Just the barbecue. Just the barbecue. They have the
0: best barbecue sauce to me on the planet. And why? I just want it all the time. And now I have to be like, can I get extra? And, of course, they're going to charge me extra. I don't <laughs> sure, care. 50 cents. But it's, yeah, but it's hard to be like, no, I want, like, 12 of those like, right you know can you have I a mean? bottle if just I give could me the just bag get a bottle of it if i could like pick up a bottle of it at jewel like why is that not a thing
1: you know it's probably just not a thing because nobody's really either thought of it or nobody has decided how big the opportunity is so i mean
0: you got, it, 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 it is a fail it,
1: but <laughs> think about they have their McCafe yep. coffee on the shelves they're they're in some areas of the world they're they're playing with having the big mac sauce on the on the shelves i've seen it really yeah yeah it, definitely was yeah it, like in a grocery store so so you can buy it. And, and
0: oh, oh, the sauce. The sauce. The sauce. Yes. I the see. Sauce. Okay. Okay. So, like
1: the barbecue sauce. Who knows? Maybe. Uh...
0: Maybe down the line. Maybe. As like, right. yeah. I
1: used to tell my team, hey, I don't know where the menu's going in twenty years. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm just like, I want that barbecue sauce, but like at home in like a jug, and it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> so I was just well, curious if okay. I figured if anybody was going to know, maybe you would have some insight on that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So now you're in Downers Grove. I am. You own a pizza place we do. with your wife my, yep tell me about this tell me about where you were like you know what now I'm done with the corporate thing right I'm gonna be my own boss I
1: am so I left 2017 uh McDonald's mm-hmm. and I had, was at a pivot point in my life what you know had some wonderful success there and don't regret a single day at sure it, you know my hardest days there are probably still better than some of my best days at other places so no regrets But I left McDonald's I said what do I want to be when I grow up Okay. You know? Yeah, and you know, I did talk to the usual suspects. You know, I had a lot of wonderful phone calls with some wonderful brands around the country. I'm sure. Uh, you know, come move here, come move there. No, I didn't want to move. Okay. Um, my daughter at the time was still in high school. My son was in. Uh, going into high school I've Heard too many Horror stories About moving kids In that
0: And not in that Time frame mm-hmm. Yeah mm-hmm. I would have
1: to Agree with that you No know, and And you know Knock on wood I was in a position To be able to Be choosy To a certain nice. extent Nice I was listening Down to that s- That still voice That you have Inside mm-hmm. of you That you don't Really hear all the time if you, Unless you get silent You know Yeah you need to listen. Be listening for it Though specifically So I kind of like I've been, I've been For the last 20 years I've been A corporate chef Not really running The restaurants But kind of consulting On what a kitchen you do and how to produce this food. And you know, I've been telling everybody how to do it well for 20 years. Oh, well, now put your money where your mouth is. Yeah now, yeah. now you do it.
0: Put your apron back on. Put my
1: apron back on. So I made the decision. I, pizza has always been a, a bug in me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I grew up in New York and we would have these big, beautiful boxes of square boxes of round food coming to the house Mm -hmm. and I never learned how to make it. i never worked behind a pizzeria and and I went to the Culinary Institute of America, best culinary school in the country. We didn't make pizza. Weird. Now they probably do, but then, in 95 I graduated, we weren't making pizza. So then I go to the Four Seasons, and I'm in the Garmage kitchen not making pizza. I go to the fine dining restaurant, and sure enough, we had pizza on the menu there. So the, the pastry chef would make the dough, my team would get the dough, we'd roll it out. We had a little tabletop, baker's pride pizza oven. Okay. And I get back there, and I'm like, I've never learned how to make pizza. How do you was get like, that like, far without? It was like, bing, <laughs> you know? Yeah, this is it. This is it. And I'm like, and I, so I would, you know, I'm running the kitchen, but, you know, we get an order for pizza. I'd be like, hey, 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 Louisa, let me, let me make that one. Yeah, <laughs> and I okay. get in there and I start making it. And it was that point, you know, that's that's what, uh, around late 90s, 2000. I decided, I, I got to figure out pizza just as a personal, you know, mission. I got to figure out pizza. So Fair. I start working on dough. I start working on sauce. And, and anybody I have a conversation with, you know, we we got this new chef at, at uh, it was my new boss at, end. Bennigan's, this wonderful chef, Dave Sonzoni, and uh, he's an Italian chef and he's doing all this stuff. And I'm like talking to him about our job. Well, what are you doing for and But I yeah, was doing this and we got this working. And, and then kind of that business stops. And I said, Hey, chef, let's talk about pizza. You know, I just like, what do you do about pizza? He goes, Oh, tell me about your pizza. And I'm telling him about my dough. And he's like, Well, what are you doing for your sauce? Is it cooked or is it raw? And I'm like, What are you talking about? Is that even an option? I, I said, don't even know. It? Tell <laughs> me more about don't that. Don't he goes, Well, <laughs> some are cooked and some are just raw. You just you know, hand crush the tomatoes, put that on the pizza, and then when the pizza's in the oven, it cooks it. I'm like, I'm trying that, you know? So, you know, these little conversations, this little pet project of mine has been evolving for 20 years, right? My daughter, we're back in, still in Dallas. My daughter's three, Danielle. And uh, we're talking about pizza and we're talking about this and we're making pizza. And I'm like, hey, who knows? Maybe someday we'll have a a pizzeria. And she's three and she's like, yeah, we'll call it daddy's pizza. And I'm like, yeah, that's (laughs) what we'll call it the seed was planted then you know as far as you know lantern pizza which we have today daddy's pizza is now lantern pizza
0: okay why lantern
1: ah fun one so i go uh i leave mcdonald's 2017 and 2018 i'm in naples italy okay taking a professional course with enzo cocha who's, oh no uh, big deal yeah uh fourth generation pizza iolan in in, in naples um i'm figuring you know kind of like when i went to the culinary institute of america the square peg in the square hole it felt right at this point it's like if i'm going to pizza I'm going to the birthplace at the best of the best I'm going to the yeah I'm going to the original and I immersed myself in the culture immersed myself in the and I'd already had you know I've been running kitchens all of my life to a certain extent when I got there and now I'm I'm learning it from as a student and uh, it was wonderful so lantern where did that come from so in my time at 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 Enzo's restaurant we're working they had a wood-fired oven and a wood-fired oven is its own skill and uh you don't really you know you don't have a thermometer like figure out what the temperature is so they would call it a lantern they would say look at your lantern you know by the light of your lantern how hot the oven is it's, the lan- lantern is very bright you got a hot oven okay if your lantern is dim you probably need to add more wood he would you know say okay look at your lantern and I'd look I'd bend my head down and he would smack me in the back i Says, "Oh no no look at the lantern you look just look look at the yeah. so I'm like I'm okay. sorry <laughs> yeah exactly yeah halfway through the the whole course I'm like what am I doing these guys are yelling at me I feel like I'm Fifteen again, right? Do you so? Do you have a wood fire oven in your place? We don't have a wood fired oven, and this is where kind of my history of McDonald's kind of blends together for me to create a point of view on what do we want okay. our restaurant to be. Sure. So I know from just a scientific point of view. Um, time and temperature is really what you're trying to manage and yeah. things like that. So when I went, and I and I struggled with that because I'm, I'm also about the authenticity. You know, I want authentic. Um, yeah, but it's got to work. I mean. It absolutely has to work. Um, so you have to make your choices and your strategic choices. So in looking at the oven and the wood-fired oven or gas oven or whatever, it's not like barbecue. It's not like the wood is adding flavor to a pizza. Okay? Sure. The smoke is just kind of even, doesn't even really touch the dough and it's in there for you know, 90 seconds to two and a half minutes. So there's not a lot of benefit flavor-wise, experience-wise from the wood fire. So in my mind, I'm like, that's just a fuel source. Yeah, You know, yeah. Right, uh, it just looks cool. It it, it looks beautiful, yeah. the smell and things like that. However, uh, you got to load that wood. You got to put that wood in. You got to, I think what put the nail in the coffin for wood for me was, all right, in Naples, Italy, that's how everything's set up. They're all wood ovens, yeah. all of them. However, you go to the oven manufacturer, they're starting to make more gas ovens than wood ovens. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I'm like looking at this and I'm like, all right, so you guys got the infrastructure, the water, I can can get wood and stuff like that. No problem. Like halfway through one of the weeks, I see him taking hot coals out. He's got a shovel and he's going in there. Yeah. Because eventually that stuff's going right, to pile up. Right. <laughs> yeah. So then he's got this metal bucket. Hey, I'm like pulling that out and, and he's putting it in. I'm like, what are you doing? He says, well, you got to take some of these coals out. I said, okay. Now, where do those go? Those right. wood coals. He said, oh, we just put them outside. I'm like, oh, yeah, Downers Grove, Naperville, right. <laughs> Chicago. Gonna go They're well. going to let me do <laughs> that. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. I was like, from that point on, I'm like, I don't really rethink this wood. Yeah. So, Lantern, we're a year and a half old.
0: Okay. Where are you guys at in Downers
1: Grove? We're right on Ogden uh, Boulevard, so the main strip of Ogden that okay. goes through the town, uh, 1420 Ogden Avenue. Okay. So there's a huge Delta Sonic car wash right across the street from okay. us. Great traffic, great visibility. I mean, it's just so, and the town is one. I mean, they've really embraced us, and we've embraced them. And
0: there's a lot of great little restaurants over there. there it's a very kind of like happening corner
1: in the suburbs. I agree. Um, I agree. Th- that's that's a great area. The little downtown is yeah. real nice. And then people from Naperville come to see us. People from the Hinsdale area come and see us. We've had people come from Batavia, which is you know, wow. 45 minutes yeah, away. Yeah, that's a hike. An hour away. So we're, we're, we're getting the word out you yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What really got me, because, you know, we get a lot of emails. We'd love to tell you about our restaurant.
1: Thank you, buddy.
0: for having me. Oh, my God, of course. I, the thing that stuck out to me when I, I saw the pitch was that you do a lot of donating to the you community. Do. So yeah. that is definitely something that I would like to talk about. Oh,
1: absolutely. I'd um, love to talk to you about that.
0: Tell me about this. Tell me about who's getting this. What are they getting? Why are you doing
1: it? Warms my heart. <laughs> yeah. My son, Chase, who's First year in Iowa University right now. Okay. My wife and I always knew we wanted to have component of giving back. Okay. Right? Even we're we're later in our careers. We've had some success. I've climbed the ladder. Now my job I, as I see it, I might reach my hand down and start pulling people up. I'm more of this, please. This yeah. is
0: what, I, and we don't see this all the time, no, so that's why don't. I'm like, this is the guy I want okay. to talk to. Okay,
1: I just feel like that's that's my role now okay. is to really kind of bring bring people up. So our kitchen is what we we call a teaching kitchen. Mm-hmm. So I would I would confidently say that 99% of our 99.9% of our employees that come in have never made pizza wow. so that being said scratch. is okay so how do we how do we teach you i need to have patience i need to be able to understand people need to come along for the for the ride sure. so that's a you know that's a, a you know good thing so we're 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 donating to the community by giving high schoolers their first job and teaching them life skills. And they might not ever make pizzas again, but they're going to, if they're at the lantern, you'll learn how to make pizzas. They're going to know how. They're going to know how. They're going to, you know, learn to have eye contact Mm -hmm. with customers. They're going to be the first one to smile. How many times have you walked into a QSR restaurant or a coffee shop and you're staring at somebody who's taking your order, then they're not even smiling at you.
0: I'll tell you, I've, I have like frequented Chick-fil-A so many times specifically because they are nice to me.
1: (laughs) My right. pleasure. Because they are nice right? to me. Everything's yes. my
0: pleasure. My pleasure. Right. And I'm like, there we go. And and, and that's any place. Not it you know, not to drop Chick-fil-A, but they're a good example of anybody who is doesn't act like they're bothered by your presence. Right. I'm like, yes, you may have my money, and my business, right. you know. So right. that is important. I'm glad you you're work showing hard for people, your money. Well, right? you know, I just want if I'm going to be a patron of yours, could you not act like I'm a huge pain in the ass? Right, <laughs> that would be great. Right. So, so yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing that with the next generation.
1: That's part of the, that's part of Chick Fil A's culture. Yeah, and that's the part of our culture. But so back to what else we're doing for the community. So there's an the element of of we're taking local high school kids, giving them the first job, and hopefully giving them life skills. We also make a lot, so along those lines, we had this, when we first had our first meeting with all the kids learning Lantern, we had about four or five of them being like fascinating with the pizza line and fascinated with the pizza oven. Okay. And they're like, the one guy's like, "Hey, so how do I get to that oven?" This is like their first day, and I'm like, "Well, that's the first step: showing interest, right?" Right. Right. So my wife and I pulled an audible. We're thinking we were going to have to hire kids from college to DuPage or culinary students, you know, to be pizza iolas So we said, "No, we're going to do a pizza boot camp." And the people that raised their hand, we had about four—my my son and my daughter being one of them. They're actually learned before these guys came in. We had four of these high school students never had a job learning how to make pizza.
0: Want to learn how to do it. Yeah. That's great.
1: So that was really cool. However, this pizza boot camp, you've got different stages of making a pizza. you got to learn how to get the dough out of the box. you got to learn how to make the dough skin, they call it, when, you f- when it extends out. They call We call that the skin. You have to know how to top it, and then you have to know how to get it off the deck to get it into the oven. Without so, dropping it. Without dropping it. <laughs> so all of these things take time uh, when they're working with the dough, and they're, they're doing the extending, they've got some mistakes and things like that. I'm like, okay, redo that one. We ball up the dough, we put it in the back. There's nothing wrong with that dough. It's yeah. clean hands, clean deck. So now at the end of this boot camp we've got all of this dough that's you know kind of glopped up at home before before lantern was alive <laughs> i would make focaccia bread from sure. extra dough yeah. and, and and chase is like dad we got to do something with this dough i mean don't just toss do, it you can't just toss it what do you you know can we make focaccia can we do something and i'm like yeah of course we can i love that you got a teenager thinking this way yeah i love that so we started making focaccia bread okay uh, in big hotel uh, big sheet pans about that big, and then we take the focaccia bread efforts cut, we cut that into four pieces. And then literally a block and a half, two blocks down the street is fish the pantry, food pan, yeah, yeah, fish food bank. So I call them up and they're like, "Absolutely, we would love that." Yes. So we sometimes we have leftover garlic knots that mm-hmm. are fine. You know, we put those in bags and that. They make little good, good little dinner rolls. Yeah, for sure. And Then we get this focaccia bread, and they're now requesting it. People that are coming and and getting it are requesting it.
0: I I love hearing that because I we just talked about this on a past episode when we had um the crew from Meals on Wheels here. Oh yeah, and I, you know I was saying just for for. Anybody who is like food insecure Uh, and and we're trying to, we're trying to feed you, but we'd love to feed you something that you're going to actually enjoy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's not just like oh, we're doing donations. Like here's a here's stuff that nobody else wants to eat. I get that if, if that's all you have to give. Sure. But being able to give something that people are enjoying and requesting now right. and that kind of thing, I think it's even even
1: more special. Right. So I think that's really cool. As I, you know, I'd rather the food go in somebody's belly than the garbage. A hundred percent. A hundred
0: percent. It's even better when it's you know chef prepared garlic knots. Sound pretty good to <laughs> me right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Roasted garlic. Yeah.
0: See. Yeah. There you go. And that has just become like kind of a tradition then that this
1: is what it, it, it's part of our process it becomes you know we just fold it in it's like well that's a lot of work to do that no it's not we basically capture dope even even the in the course of our week where people know how to make pizzas there's some dough that's out too long it's just got bubbles bill, bill, it's hard to make a nice pizza it makes a delicious pizza yeah I was this gonna is say, a, the it longer good? oh it tastes great tastes the longer <laughs> it ferments is is well that's where the magic is a lot of pizzerias don't necessarily use time As an ingredient, time is, you know, we want everything as fast as possible. It's kind of boom, 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 boom. Time fermentation—you can't rush that. You can fake it with flavors and things like that, but you can't rush it. You really can't. Yeah. So that's what we're we're doing. Um, and then so when we do get a surplus of dough, you know, I write on the prep list: bank fakasha times two, and the team knows. All right, I'm making these two frames. Push this in. Amazing. We'll bake it off. Uh, guys at nighttime know. Oh, there's two fakasha pans. I gotta cut that up. I gotta wrap it. It's part of our daily routine. Yeah, it's just part of the procedure it's now. Part of it, and that doesn't go in the garbage.
0: I love that. Thank you for doing that for the community that's uh, I, awesome okay yeah. where can we find you we can find you in you're in Downers Grove you're yeah, on Ogden Right.
1: lanternpizza.com
0: lanternpizza.com yeah, little, um, like what about on social that
1: that's my daughter she does all that stuff yeah we're on Instagram
0: at Lantern Pizza Co.
1: yes 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 that's such a dad thing too to be like that's my daughter's department <laughs> I'm sorry <It's> just, <laughs> no, I'm uh, showing my age <laughs>
0: no that's beautiful um, thank you so much for coming in oh
1: my pleasure to tell us your my story pleasure. And, my um, pleasure my pleasure
0: one last thing. You brought me a gift. I, I want you did. to tell me about it.
1: Well, I was listening to one of your podcasts in <laughs> preparation for our conversation, and you had talked about spam and your love for <laughs> spam, and that you know some people eat it raw and some people eat it cooked. I grew up with it on camping trips where my dad would slice it and we'd have it for breakfast, and it was cooked and crispy. And yeah, we fry it up, and it was really good. Spam and, sandwich, man. And, I, you know, I think foods, you know, they get a bad rap for some r- from reason. And if you can take food down to, like, the origin. Like, yeah. where did, wh- what was the purpose of Soprissetto? What was the purpose of Spam? What was the purpose of Pate? What was, well, it was basically, we had limited resources, yeah. and you used everything. The the goal of a chef is to, to use everything, except the oink, you right. know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, or the moo.
0: So you're the, telling me, it's not embarrassing that I like Spam. No.
1: It was Thank sp- you. Spam A is... Is delicious and B is you know if you if you spent thirty dollars at a really nice French restaurant for a country pate, I'd argue that they're kind of the same process. I mean, they're kind same, of, right? kind of the same place. Right. So it's a spiced ham. It's you know spam is kind of an interesting name. It's a spiced ham. You yeah. Know?
0: Like, like I'm I'm not saying take it out of the can and eat it like that, but you know you fry that thing obviously have a piece of cheese on it on some bread, it, ketchup, it, mustard. It can
1: be delicious. It can be delicious. Hot dogs are delicious. Like, you know right. we love our Chicago hot dogs, 100%. don't we? 100%. All right, spam and hot dogs are, you know, cousins.
0: I'm saying. I'm <laughs> trying to say it. Okay, good. Okay. We're on the same page when All it comes right. to
1: spam. Yeah. And that's a I'm a I'm a, a classically trained chef. And that probably. means something. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>